Computer, initialize Holosuite. Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome back to the Sci-Fi Feminist Podcast. It's already been another week. I hope you've been keeping well and safe and healthy. Today, I will be talking about the main character from certainly one of the best video games I've ever played, which is the horror game Alien Isolation. I believe it was released in 2014 or 2015, and it follows the story of Ellen Ripley's daughter. Now, as you know, Ellen Ripley is the heroine of the Alien sci-fi franchise. She was in Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection, and I've done a few episodes on Ellen Ripley by now too, so you can go back and listen to those. So I found it very interesting that in 2015, they released a video game in the Alien franchise that featured Ellen Ripley's daughter as the main protagonist. So today I'll be talking about especially the mother-daughter relationship between the two and I'll also be continuing the discussion of fourth-wave feminism and female heroism and I will focus specifically on this character Amanda Ripley. Now before I get into today's episode, from last week I introduced a new segment which is movie recommendation. (laughs) So last week I recommended the movie Labyrinth that features David Bowie. (laughs) Since then um, I have been listening to David Bowie's music and um, thoroughly enjoying it. Today's movie recommendation is a movie called The Heroic Trio. It was released in the 90s, I think around 96 or 98. And it features Michelle Yeoh, (laughs) as usual, one of my favorites, as you know. It is a Hong Kong movie, and it is all in the foreign language. And it basically follows the story of three heroines. They're kind of superheroes, and um, they need to... Yeah, it's kind of weird. They need to save babies (laughs) from evil emperor that uh, steals babies. So yeah, as you can hear from my description, it is a really fun movie and it's way out there and it's kind of trippy too, like Labyrinth. So if you want some really good Friday or Saturday night entertainment, uh, I highly recommend that movie. All right, so without further ado, let me get into today's discussion of the awesome, great Amanda are introduced to Amanda Ripley is actually in the director's cut of Aliens. So we find out that after Ellen Ripley was in stasis for 57 years, she finds out that her daughter that she left behind when her daughter was 11 years old died at the age of 66. So obviously she missed her daughter's entire life. And um, yeah, that is all that we know from about Amanda Ripley from the Aliens movie. So then about 30 years later, in 2015, they released the Alien Isolation video game. And if you've played it, it is, um, it is a great game as far as horror games go. It is terrifying. You basically have to hide from the Xenomorph for most of the game. You can't really kill it. But there are other 
androids, people, all sorts of things that try to continuously kill you in that game. So uh, that game really made my anxiety go up, I think. I finished the game. It's got quite a long story. So the game takes quite a while to finish too. And if you're really terrible at it like me, it takes even longer. So if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. And I think in terms of horror games, it is a, a really good game. Really well thought out. Graphics is nice. Story is good. Everything, you know, it's a it's a legit game. It's a good game. It's on Xbox and PlayStation, I think. I'm not sure if there's a PC version of it. But yes, that is that is the Alien Isolation video game. So in the game, basically, we follow the story of Amanda Ripley. And her prime goal in the game is to find her mother's final voice recording to her, which is housed on Sevastopol's station in deep space. So she goes there and then there's a xenomorph on the station and as usual things go terribly wrong and we are in a scenario again where she needs to escape from the xenomorph just like her mother did and save some of the crew and try to survive basically. I will get into the significance of how her mother's story and her story overlap later, but eventually she does find the flight recorder, the tape, and she finds a very moving message from her mother. It is available on YouTube. Maybe I should definitely upload that to my YouTube channel. I think that's a good idea. I will do that so you can listen to it. But uh, it's also reprised by Sigourney Weaver. So I think that was a really nice Easter egg for me in the game. I don't know if you could call it an Easter egg. But as soon as the flight recorder plays, you realize it's Sigourney Weaver's voice. And it's literally Ellen Ripley that um, left this note to her daughter at the end of Aliens in terms of canon, in terms of the timeline. So it's very, very enjoyable. And if you're a fan of the franchise, there's lots of all sorts of Easter eggs and things in the game that make it very enjoyable. Now, first of all, I think something that I should mention, and this is definitely mentioned in earlier episodes too, I think in the episode on cultural feminism and motherhood, I think that was episode four, three or four, I can't remember, but you can go back to the other podcast episodes and uh, find it. But the Alien film franchise has actually been criticized by some academic theorists for, and I quote, presenting Ripley as central to what Laura Mulvey describes as the devaluation, punishment or saving of the guilty object. Okay, that is academic mumbo jumbo, but it basically means that Well, what they argue is that in Aliens, Ellen Ripley is punished for being a bad mother to her daughter Amanda, who she left behind to serve on the Nostromo when Amanda was really young. Oh, sorry, I thought Amanda was 11 years old, but she was 8 years old. Okay, just a correction there. Amanda Ripley was 8 years old when her mother left to work on the Nostromo and then obviously never came back. (laughs) Now... The the issue of motherhood and Ellen Ripley, um, you can listen to that in the episode on cultural feminism, but it is kind of a contested issue because they say Ellen Ripley is this badass female character. She is very masculine in terms of her 
character. She's reasonable, logical. She keeps her cool. And she's also very proficient in handling guns. You know, she's a very androgynous, masculine type of action hero. And then they say the fact that she's framed as a mother in all of the Alien films. So in Alien, the first one, it kind of, she's not framed as a mother, but she has this, she really cares for the cat, Jonesy. So they say that's kind of prefigures her ro role as a mother for the rest of the films. Then in Aliens, of course, she finds the little girl Newt on the planet LV-426, and she kind of adopts Newt, who then dies at the beginning of Alien 3. And in Alien 3, she's a mother in the sense that she carries a xenomorph in her. And then she ultimately sacrifices herself to kill the, the xenomorph queen that's growing inside of her. And then, of course, she's resurrected in Alien Resurrection. And then she's the mother of this like alien hybrid thing called the newborn. So actually, throughout, Ellen Ripley is framed as a mother figure. And um, some have argued that that takes away her subversive potential, you know, even though she's a badass action hero and she's still a mother. And then, of course, others say that even more problematically, she's being punished for being a bad mother. And she kind of uh, is offered redemption through the adoption of newts in Aliens. So all sorts of arguments surrounding motherhood and Ellen Ripley. So I first of all found it quite significant that in Alien Isolation, then we actually follow the story of Amanda Ripley, you know, Ellen Ripley's daughter. Now, the relationship between Amanda Ripley and Ellen Ripley, it's not only explored in the Alien Isolation video game, but there's a few Alien comics that also follows Amanda Ripley's story. It's called Alien's Defiance and Alien's Resistance. So Defiance was released from 2016 to 2017 and Resistance from 20, in 2019. So if you're into comics, um, they're, they're quite good. I think I read Aliens Resistance. Um, they're quite nice. And then there's an Alien Isolation novel too. I haven't finished it. I think I'm about one quarter through the book. I'm bad at reading. For an academic, I really hate reading. So <laughs> uh, I haven't finished that. Um, and then there's a very interesting seven episode Alien, Is Alien Isolation animated miniseries on YouTube. You can find it on the Alien Anthology YouTube page. It is a featured channel on my YouTube page. So you can find it from there. The animation is horrendous. Okay, It's really terrible. And it's basically a combination of like newly animated things and footage from the video game. So these short episodes, I think they're about 15 or 20 minutes each. They reveal a little bit about Amanda Ripley too. And most significantly, they reveal how her story in Alien Isolation ends. So it's actually good, except for the terrible animation. So if you're willing to sit through all that <laughs> bad, bad animation, um, I mean, really, it's it's really bad. I wish Fox put some more, bit more money into that. They could have made it really great. But um, you can watch that series, and then it uh, gives us a lot of biographical details about Amanda Ripley. Now, I mentioned these other um, things, these other iterations of Alien Isolation, because it reveals 
some of them reveal a lot about Amanda Ripley. So, for example, the Alien Isolation novel, it contains pages of flashbacks that recount Ripley and Amanda's final Ripley's and Amanda's final days together before Ripley left. And then it's uh, I I really liked that because the video game. You know, I think because you're too focused on hiding from the xenomorph, the cutscenes and things don't reveal that much. So the book goes into much more detail. So through the flashbacks in the book and also through some of the personal remarks that Amanda Ripley makes about her mother, it uh, reveals that their relationship wasn't great. Or maybe their relationship was great, but Amanda Ripley really resents Ellen Ripley for leaving her at such a young age. So Amanda's accounts of Ellen Ripley are mostly bleak <laughs> in the novel and the, the miniseries. It's filled with bitter comments of how her mother always put work before family. But very interestingly is that Amanda's journey or her story or her, her experience on Sevastopol Station and how she handles the encounter with the Xenomorph, they overlap those of Ellen Ripley, especially what Ripley exper experiences in Alien, almost like word for word, like verbatim, like um, it's exactly the same story. And I think that that is quite significant because you know, even though we we do not always see a positive account of mother-daughter relationship, what we do see is that Amanda Ripley inherited arguably all of her heroic characteristics and also her appearance from Ellen Ripley and how she overcomes the ordeal with the alien. Um, that really echoes Ellen Ripley's journey Um Exactly. So it kind of shows, uh, how can I say it, a, a positive representation of not only mother-daughter relationship, but kind of a reincarnated version of Ellen Ripley in her daughter, Amanda. And then at the end, Amanda finds a very touching recording from Ripley to her daughter, and it provides her some closure on her mother's appearance. And then through that, we also realize that Ripley really loved her daughter. So, you know, the idea that Ripley was a bad mother, uh, I've, I think that uh, this video game and the, the book and the miniseries that accompanies this video game, it really resolves that kind of issue. And even though we follow Amanda Ripley's story, it also reveals a, reveals a lot about Ellen Ripley. And I think these are positive characteristics. Now, I mentioned the importance of a positive representation of mother-daughter relationships because in earlier representations or in representations of some other female action heroes, like Laura Croft, for example, uh, you can listen to this discussion of her in the previous episode. And uh, I talk about motherhood and Laura Croft there too. But previously, we see that heroines most of the time only have positive relationships with their fathers, which is, of course, not a bad thing in itself. But then the mothers are either like dead <laughs> or they're absent or their role in the heroine's life are is always um, 
underestimated or undervalued. So to see at this point a positive mother-daughter relationship, even though Ripley is long, well, yeah, she's not long gone, but Ripley is absent for most of Amanda Ripley's life, um, I think it's very significant and it follows a trend of female heroes recently that all have positive relationships with their mothers. Now, Mad Max Fury Road is another example. There's not really, I mean, not biological motherhood, um, but it does show how Furiosa goes back to the many mothers to kind of restore humanity. I also talk about that in the episode on Furiosa. And then, of course, Laura Croft too, where the emphasis was always on the relationship with her father. It is now on her mother. And then there are many others we see in Maleficent, uh, positive mother-daughter relationship, and especially adoptive motherhood. Also, other fantasy movies like Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, another powerful mother figure. So I think motherhood, in terms of the broader feminist climate, is an issue that I think is really being questioned and addressed and talked about not only in feminism but also kind of explored in more contemporary representations of female action heroes like Amanda Ripley. Now first of all let's look at some similarities then between Amanda Ripley and Ellen Ripley. So first and foremost, they can both be read as final girls. Now, the final girl is a trope that Carol Clover theorized in 1989. And the final girl is basically the last female survivor in a horror movie. So Carol Clover realized that in horror movies, there's always, well, in many horror movies, so she, she lists a whole bunch of them. The, the significant ones I remember is, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th, I think. Um, I watched Te Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was a child and I had many nightmares <laughs> to the point where after that I could not watch horror movies <laughs> anymore. Um, yeah, except for Alien, of course. <laughs> But um, basically, the final girl is the final, the last survivor in a horror film, and it is a woman. And she's most of the time a bit more boyish or tomboyish than the other girls in the movie that die earlier, by, that get killed by the killer. And then the final girl is also the one at the end that kills the killer. So... As a feminist trope, the final girl has quite a bit of potential, uh, as you can obviously see. Now, there are many other aspects of the final girl, some of which I will briefly look at now. But if you would like to read up more on this, I highly recommend reading Carol Clover's book. I think it's called, uh, it's some strange title like Men, Chainsaws and Something Something. But yeah, basically the movie, uh, the book explores uh, a bunch of horror movies and a bunch of uh, tropes, you know, that come out in the horror movies, especially relating to gender and women. Yeah. So Carol Clover, then in that book, she actually talks about Ellen Ripley from Alien as a final girl that fits this like female hero archetype, which is the final girl. So 
She says, like Carol Claver observes about Ellen Ripley, Amanda Ripley is also, and I quote, intelligent, watchful, level-headed, and she's the narrative's undisputed hero. And Amanda is also, like her mother in Alien, the sole survivor in all the different iterations of Alien Isolation. So very important about the final girl is that she's the sole survivor in a horror movie, hence the name Final Girl. So it goes without saying then that Ellen Ripley's heroic qualities, such as her bravery, her wit, her technical skill and her knowledge and her endurance are all inherited by Amanda. As we see how Amanda navigates Sevastopol Station and ultimately saves herself and humankind once again from the Xenomorph threat as her mother repeatedly does in the other alien movies. And then Amanda, and this is another final girl characteristic, she's boyish and not fully feminine like her mother Ellen Ripley. And she's also addressed by her last name in all the film's dialogues, uh, Ripley. So another thing about the final girl is that she often has a unisex name. So Carol Clover's about uh, Carol Clover argues about Ellen Ripley that we I think she only mentions her name like once or twice when she when she tells Hicks at the end, you know, my name's Ellen. <laughs> um, but most of the time Ripley is referred to by her surname, Ripley, which is a unisex name. So that really adds to her boyishness and her masculinity. So the same as her mother, Amanda Ripley is referred to as Ripley throughout the game. Uh, yeah, throughout the game and, and the book and the comics and the mini series. Okay, and then Amanda Ripley is also like her mother. She's not sexualized and she leans more towards an androgynous rather than a feminine appearance. And yeah, I think I will, yeah, you can check out a, a picture of her on my Instagram and obviously the art for the this episode. But uh, you can see, even if you Google Amanda Ripley, she's she's quite masculine. She's quite boyish. And uh, she doesn't wear any revealing clothing or anything like that. So she also follows a trend of what I identify as fourth-wave feminist action heroines who are all desexualized and who all wear clothing that does not emphasize their bodies. And they don't have these... Uh, unrealistic body types either. So she really follows in that trend and um, her mother was also like that. So there's many parallels between her and Ellen Ripley. Now it's not only regarding the broader narrative arcs but also in terms of small, smaller narratological details, Amanda and Ellen Ripley share various parallels. Now one corresponding detail between Alien and Alien Isolation is the rogue android subplots. Um, so you know that in Alien, of course, there's the android Ash. <laughs> they don't realize he is an android until he kind of malfunctions and tries to murder Ripley <laughs> by uh, throwing her around a bit and uh, pushing a magazine into her throat. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was quite horrifying. Uh, classic scene, of course, too, when uh, the she plugs in the android again after they basically killed him and then 
he has like the milk coming out of his mouth and he's like, I, uh, what does he say? Yeah, the xenomorph, it's a perfect organism, you know, that, that whole classic alien thing. So um, we have that rogue android subplot in Alien. And then also in Alien Isolation, what happens is that the attendant androids turn on humanity and they attempt to kill Amanda whenever the opportunity presents itself. Now, for me, I was like, you know, as if it's not enough to try to hide and run away from the xenomorph all the time. Now Amanda needs to <laughs> hide from and fight these androids too. So it's it's a really terrifying game. And as I'm talking about it, I feel like playing it again. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there's another parallel that we see between the two. And then also... And I think this is the most significant thing is that both Alien and Alien Isolation, they finish with the same sequence of events. And um, I thought this was so cleverly done and it's so beautifully done. And it really shows like how deeply connected Amanda and Ellen Ripley really are. So what happens in the final sequence of events in Aliens, uh, Alien and Alien Isolation, not Aliens, Alien, the Xenomorph is finally destroyed after Ellen Ripley and also Amanda Ripley, and I quote, blew it out the damn airlock, as Ellen Ripley describes in Aliens. And both stories end with the heroine floating alone in space, hoping to be rescued by a passing ship. And then I thought this was very poetic. Amanda's final words in the Alien Isolation digital miniseries actually echo those of Ellen Ripley in Alien almost exactly. So first, Amanda lists all the crew that died, and she confirms that she is the only survivor. And then she recites Ripley's exact words from Alien. So she says, I quote, This is Ripley, last survivor, signing off. Now, I think Ellen Ripley says last survivor of the Nostromo, (laughs) signing off. But, I mean, it's very similar. And then Amanda sends out a distress beacon. And again, in her distress call, like Ripley, she confirms that the Nostromo has been blown up. So Amanda just says that Sevastopol Station has been destroyed. If you listen to the two next to each other, it's uh, it's haunting <laughs> how similar uh, the closing events, you know, for these two are. And I thought that was really poetic and very beautiful. And you don't actually see that in the video game, but in the digital miniseries, they really make that much more explicit. So in these ways, uh, Alien Isolation really pays homage to the original Alien Aliens and especially to Ellen Ripley and um, it even actually features DLC that you can buy that where you can follow Ellen Ripley you play as Ellen Ripley and that's also voiced by Sigourney Weaver so I really loved that I was like that's really fan service (laughs) they're really I really enjoyed that you basically, in the DLC, you get to experience the final moments of the the Nostromo blowing up. So it's very short. And I know the game has been criticized for having a story that's too long. And then the DLC that's too short. But you get to play there as Ellen Ripley too. And you get to experience the final moments of the Nostromo. Just as Amanda Ripley 
experiences the final moments of the this destruction of Sevastopol station. So there's another parallel or homage that the game makes to Ellen Ripley. Now for me, this deliberate parallels that are drawn between Ellen Ripley and Amanda Ripley, like I mentioned, it does not only show a positive mother-daughter relationship and you know, the profound influence that Ellen Ripley had on her daughter, even in her absence, and um, the the way that her heroism is actually, you know, inherited from her mother and not necessarily from her father, that arguably carries the, like, patriarchal lineage forward, like we see in Lara Croft. Even more than that, it actually situates Amanda Ripley within the legacy of those sci-fi heroines from the 1980s, early 1990s, uh, late 1970s. So by these, I mean Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor, Catherine Janeway from Star Trek Voyager, Dana Scully from The X-Files, even Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. All of these heroines are really how can I say, representative of second wave feminist ideals of female empowerment. So that is basically androgyny, equal work opportunities for women, uh, women to have careers, jobs, saying that women can do everything that men can do, um, all of those types of arguments. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, you can listen to the episodes on second wave feminism, but um, it situates her within that legacy. So for me, we do, don't, do not only see a heroine that resembles her mother, but we even see a reincarnation of Ellen Ripley in her daughter, basically like a contemporary version of Ellen Ripley. So I found that quite interesting. And I can see in... Amanda Ripley and many other female heroines recently, contemporary heroines, that they really resemble the sci-fi heroines from the 70s and the 80s. So it's an interesting trend that we are seeing in representation. And even in feminism, a lot of current feminism seems to go back to the type of issues that the second wave of feminism dealt with. So it's kind of like the pendulum is swaying the other side again, which I think is a fascinating phenomenon. And I think something that we should uh, interrogate further and look at further. But yes, that is it basically on Amanda Ripley. It is not a lot, but I do think that it is very interesting. The parallels that are drawn, it is very interesting how they gave life to Ellen Ripley's daughter, who is really only mentioned in passing in Aliens. I really, really hope that they will release more games featuring Amanda Ripley. There was a mobile game called Alien Blackout that also features Amanda Ripley. I got about halfway and then it became too difficult. Um, it's good as far as mobile games go, but I guess... That time I was hoping for another console game <laughs> featuring Amanda Ripley. So I do hope that even in movies or in video games, we can see more of Amanda Ripley. I think she's a fascinating character that should be explored in more detail. 
for now, all we have is the novels, the the comics, the miniseries, and the game. But yeah, I really do hope we see more of Amanda Ripley in the future. So yes, everyone, that is the discussion for today. As always, thank you very much for listening. And uh, if you are a fan of Alien or Aliens, the Alien franchise, I have a pretty cute... I wouldn't say cute, but uh, there is a a t-shirt that I made on, uh, you know, that makes reference to Alien Aliens. Uh, You can find it on Redbubble, TeePublic, or Teespring. All the links are in my bios. So if you would like an Aliens-themed t-shirt, then head over there and check it out. And for next week... I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next week yet. <laughs> I, I'm i kind of waiting for new movies to come out. I'm thinking about talking about ta- Suicide Squad. I only got about one quarter into the movie when I decided to rather have a nap. So I'll watch Suicide Squad. If there's something to talk about there, then I'll certainly do an episode on that. Until next week, then, thank you again for listening. Live long and prosper. Stay safe and healthy this week. And um, yes, I hope you have a really wonderful week ahead. Thank you for listening. This is the Sci-Fi Feminist signing off. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs. Loading Sweet Preview Program 4, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I think we all thought Ransom was going to go into that fight scene thinking that it was game over before it even started and he was going to lose. But I think the moment he rips his uniform off, (laughs) which is hard anyway to rip a shirt, but to rip an actual like jacket like that, Mm. pretty impressive. And then he had like about, I don't know, I think it was like 62 abs. He just looked ripped. And then he was just like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I was just going to say, it was the way that he also narrated it. It was just perfect. It was great. Ransom definitely went to the school of Kirk Fu. Ransom Fu, maybe we should be calling it. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek review podcast. Yeah, the one you mentioned with Dr. Crusher is hilarious because it gets down to her and Captain Picard. And so it's like they have this giant galaxy class ship and there's just the two of them and he acts like it's a normal thing. And it's just absolutely ridiculous, right? Two people on that giant starship. And there's even the point where, where she says, computer, how many personnel would it take to run this ship? And they're like... 832 or something and Picard's like oh yeah that is kind of weird I guess I thought we were just doing it the two of us you know like that was pretty funny computer deactivate holosuite